You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual People can be really stupid, um, leotarded even. Having drinks with a friend, she confides in me, a lady friend with lady bits, she confides in me that she's having a bit of a dust up with the husband because she found some links that he didn't delete to porn and she went and looked at it and it was kinky. It was sort of SME porn. And she brought it up with him and he got a little flustered and said he was sort of interested in it and always kind of had been and wanted to try it. And she got mad. Uh, and kind of wrapped his knuckles and she was confiding all this in me as if I would be on her side as if I, I was she was like telling her gay friend you know and I was playing the gay friend part she's telling her gay friend her tallow with the partner and I'm just go, oh, oh that's so sad oh yeah oh baby yeah, oh I'm so oh man oh man I hate men men are pigs and I looked at her and said god you're a bitch like Get off it. What do you – you know me. You've been reading my column for a decade. Where did you think I was going to fall on this question? You learned a little bit more about his sexual interest, sexual expression, and you acted like an asshole about it. And if it had been – the shoe had been on the other foot and it was some part of your erotic imagination that he stomped all over when the big reveal came, I'd be bitching him out too. And, you know, and that's not the point. We've covered that a million times in the column and the podcast and everywhere else. The point is people are stupid. You'd think that she would have known that I wouldn't be on her side, that I'd be on her husband's side. And I just wanted to put this out there that I'm on her husband's side because I'll share a little detail with you. She reads the column but doesn't listen to the podcast and he listens to the podcast and reads the column or so I've been told. This is a little special message, just a little shout out to my friend whose wife came crying to me because he wants to get tied up or tie her up or something. I'm on your side. Don't let her spin you different. I'm on your side. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm a 24-year-old and I am getting ready to um, move in with my boyfriend, which is awesome. We've been together for about a year, and we're really excited. We're actually um, moving together to Seattle, and we're excited to get our own place, start our life together, and, of course, then we can have our own space, and I can feel free to tie him up to whatever kitchen appliance I choose to without roommates walking in. Um, anyways, um, the problem is, is that I grew up in a super conservative Christian home. Um, My dad's a pastor, and um, my mom is, even though I love her a lot, she's pretty judgmental, pretty self-righteous. So the problem is is that I'm going to have to tell them all this before we move in the fall. And I'm just super, super nervous because last time something like this happened when I was I'm 19. I had a boyfriend. He, we didn't live together, but he came over and stayed every once in a while. And when we found out, my mom basically kicked me out of the family. And, um, you know, since then, it's been a really hard road of getting back into the family, you know, talking, you know, trying to build up a good relationship with my parents. And, like, I feel finally now that we have a pretty good relationship, and I feel like I'm just going to ruin it all again when I tell them that we're moving in together. Um, 
it basically just gives me an ulcer to think about all of this. So have you moved in with the boyfriend yet? No, not till this fall. Uh, and the parents, um, they sound like, you know, but for your young sibling, it sounds like a family that anyone would be thrilled to be kicked out of. Yeah, in a way. I mean, like, I really I really love them a lot, and I know they really love me a lot. And some, Like, in a way, we're close, but they're also kind of, like, my mom can be a little bit manipulative. My dad can try and be understanding, yeah, I would but... say that's manipulative, to, to make their love conditional upon your only making choices as an adult that you are free to make that meet with their approval. This yeah. This is you out refusing to see you. That's emotionally abusive horseshit. Okay. It's just like, it's so hard for me to see it. I don't know. Cause it's just like growing up in that environment, like, I don't know, I still have like Christian guilt, I guess, where I'm just like, oh, maybe they're right or something. But then everyone's like, that's bullshit. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. It's you hard. Need, you need to come out to your parents. Not as gay, because you're not. Not as a lesbian, because you're not. And not as someone who occasionally ties up her boyfriend, which sounds like you might be based on your call, yeah. um, but as an adult. You need to come out to them as an adult. You need to oh. say, I'm all fucking grown up now, and I had a, you, you instilled a lot of really great values in me. I'm going to make some probably different choices than you might have made or that you would wish I might make, but I want to have an adult relationship with you now, which means I'll hear you out, I'll hear your objections, but then I have to be free to make up my own mind and still be part of this family or you're not going to see me, or I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You need to threaten to walk out of their lives before they can threaten to toss you out of theirs. Oh, that's so hard. You to make your presence in their lives conditional on their recognizing that you are an adult. Yeah. Legally autonomous, free to make her own choices, and her own mistakes. You can say, I, I get it, you think it's a mistake. I think you're wrong, and I'm going to do this, and I hope I have your love and support as you have mine, even though you've made different choices than I might have made, Mom and Dad. Uh, yes. And I, is, yeah, and like... Putting aside the whole boyfriend issue, and this, like, issue of you feel, looking at him and feeling some resentment because, you know, but for him, you wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, and I know it's like, I know it has nothing irrational. to do with him. You would be in this position anyway, because if it wasn't him, it'd be something else. This yeah. This is control. This is yeah. like your parents trying to exercise control over your adult life the same way they had control over your life when you were a child. And if it wasn't him, it'd be something else. So exonerate oh, him. True. Let him go. He's not the issue. Your parents are the issue. They're the problem. You should be feeling cold to anybody. It's them. Okay, it's just... I know. Uh, it's, so, it's so hard, because, I mean, I'm still, like, you know, it's been this huge thing I'm trying to, you know, like, be like, oh, I'm okay with the way I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to live it like they want me to. It's just, like, trying not to feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And, like... I think... Believe me, honey, I understand. Oh, I thought you would. My That's dad, why I would call. Like, my dad was a Catholic deacon. My mom was a Catholic lay minister. I get it. Yeah, and you, know, you seem like you survived in your I family. Survived. And one of the ways I survived was by looking at my family and saying, no, no, it's not about the conditions you're imposing on me anymore. It's about the conditions I'm imposing on you. Okay, you're right. I do need to... I, I don't know. I do need to get, grow up and just tell him that. And you need to go you know, in there with I'm guns blazing. Are you dependent on them financially? No, I haven't been since I moved out when Fuck I was them. 18. Fuck them. So. Fuck them. Okay. Go in there with guns blazing. Okay. I just like. And say, look, 
I'm a grown-up. I'm going to make my own choices. I want to be a part of your life. I want you in my life. But we have an adult relationship now, not parent-child relationship anymore. I will honor and respect your opinions as my parents. I will hear you out. That is all they're owed now that you're an adult. You will hear them out and then make up your own mind, and they have to respect your ultimate decision. Okay. Because it's your life. Yes, it is. You need to I mean, go in it there. Is, it is about time. It's been, it's been too long, too many ulcers, too much heartache. Yeah, I just need to let them know. Take all the ulcers in your gut and shove them up their asses. They're the ones <laughs> who should have the ulcers now. Okay. All right? All right. Good luck. Hi, Dan. Um, question about, I guess, um, etiquette. My boyfriend and I have been together for a while, um, but we haven't had sex, and we've done a lot of other things, things that involved, like, um, different outfits and, you know, mutual masturbation, so there's, there's lubricant involved, and, um, you know, just a couple other things. Anyway, we had had this hidden at his house for a while. His parents ended up finding it and told him that he needed to get rid of it. Um, they were always really concerned about that we were being safe and we were being smart and everything like that, um, despite the fact that, you know, we always told him, you know, we haven't, we haven't been having sex. So how do, do I address this? Do I bring it up to them? They never said anything to me. They just, they told my boyfriend to get rid of it or, you know, do something with it, with the things that they found. And I just want to know, I guess I'm still kind of concerned about my... (laughs) My dignity saying that, you know, I st- I haven't had sex with your son, I promise, you know, but it's pretty hard for them to believe that whenever they find, you know, a black lace corset hidden or other things. So what should I do? Do I bring it up? Do I ignore it? Do I just continue on? His parents, his problem. All you have to do is smile and be polite and maybe take a little private delight in the the cognitive dissonance that you can create between the you know whore of Babylon that they assume you to be based on the sex toys that they found and the bright and shiny and polite and charming girl that you are when you're in their presence. If they want to initiate a conversation with you and their son about what you two have been up to, that's up to them. You are not their daughter. They are not in charge of your ass. All you got to do is smile and smile and smile. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. doesn't have to be a book. You can also download The New Yorker and get your... Liberal pansy-ass mewling out loud. Again, go to audiblepodcast.com slash savage for your free audiobook today. And hey, I subscribe to The New Yorker. I like their liberal mewlings. Hi, Dan. I wanted to call um, because I have a question. Uh, I grew up with a single mother. I'm an only child. Um, We grew up really close. Um, I moved away for school when I was 18 and stayed in the same town. That's been great. Um, but, um, things have been rough with her in the last few years. Uh, I think she's pretty unstable. I guess the problem is that, um, increasingly in the last years, I, I go home and visit and she just 
kind of has these crazy bouts of, I don't know, hypervigilance or just weird emotional outbursts, um, including when I went to the hospital, I, I needed a, you know, a heart procedure. I was under general anesthesia and on the way home, she slipped out and started screaming and grabbing me in the car and was just crazy. And I had to escape uh, and walk home. Over a year ago, she, I was visiting for um, Mother's Day and she really kind of started doing, you know, these weird sort of controlling tactics. Um, and I've just been trying to kind of grow up and like put distance so that she doesn't, you know, kind of, uh, just kind of go into, you know, parent child mode, but it's been difficult. Um, the problem is, uh, that last time she did this and kind of flipped out, um, I went home and for a week she kept calling and emailing incessantly, uh, just kind of shouting and blowing up, uh, you know, both on the phone and in email. And then she accused me of posting naked pictures of her on the internet, which I have no idea how she ever connected in the first place. So I'm pretty sure either, I, I don't really know um, if she has like, uh, you know, some kind of, I don't know, disorder or, you know, some kind of problem. Um, but it, it, you know, it's been kind of difficult. Since then, uh, you know, we haven't really spoken for a year. You hear all the time about parents disowning their children? Yeah. You know that children can disown their parents. Yeah. And it, that sounds like all you need is a permission slip that says, it's okay, you're still a good person. You can walk away from your mom, who sounds a bit crazy and abusive. Just because she's your mom doesn't mean you have to get within 10 feet of her so she can take a swing at you every couple of weeks. You can have as little or nothing to do with her as possible. You can also have a relationship with her via email. You can write her letters. You can say, you know what, when we're together, things seem to go nuts. Let's write to each other and stay in touch that way. Whatever you need to do to protect yourself. Yeah, that's pretty much how I've been doing it for a year. All right, well, just keep up. Keep doing it. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you don't love your mom. Your mom's just not in a place right now emotionally, mentally, where you can love her close up. Right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe one day you can have a, a tearful reconciliation on her deathbed when she can't take a swing at you, whatever. You know, but for right now, she sounds a little not so little fixated on you, and you just need to stay the hell out of the way. People lose their minds. People with children, people without children, adults, children. Like, and there's nothing <laughs> that says because I'm related to you. While you're batshit, I have to be here so you can stick knives in me to, to prove that I love you. Because you're my mother. Because I owe you at least that. No bullshit. Your personal yeah. responsibility is your own physical and emotional health and safety. And it doesn't sound like your mother's safe to be around. So fuck her. Yeah. Um, do you think there's anything I should do? I mean, you know, I haven't, I really only addressed this with my grandmother, um, but, you know, I... It sounds like sort of, she's, she's married, right? Yeah, and, yeah, I haven't talked to, you know, my stepfather. I don't really think it's a easy kind of conversation. I, you know, it's, it's a really weird kind of, you know, just kind of off limits. Um, and, you know, his extended family is really nice, uh, but, you know, I, I feel like I, I wouldn't be able to 
you know, kind of let them know why, you know, I haven't been around or something well, like that. Well, she's doing it to you. She may be doing it to somebody else. She may even be doing it to her husband. And it, yeah. you've got nothing to lose reaching out to him and saying, this is why I haven't been around. I just want to, like, confide in you, and I would ask you to keep this in confidence as much as possible. But here it is, and she needs help. And I don't know if this is manifesting itself with other people in her life, but this is what's went on with me, and she's a danger to other people and perhaps herself, and I hope you would get her some help. And then yeah. get off the phone. That's not the sort of thing I would put in writing, lest he run and show it to your mom. And right. make things would... worse. Yeah. What do you have to lose? You're not going to be hanging out with her, and you're not going to be seeing him very much. Call him, speak your piece, pull back, pull way back. Yeah. And rely um, on other friends and other family. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I guess, aside from just being scared of that, um, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. And so, yeah, it's uh, not pleasant. I mean, you you can't make her healthy with a wish, and and hanging out with somebody who's gone off the deep end isn't isn't you're under no obligation yeah. and it's not going to make things better and it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you don't want to be around someone even someone you love when they are nuts yeah uh what um would you say to do about um just kind of feeling out you know um i guess not being <laughs> Uh, I guess guilty or not being uh, not not like separating, you know, just kind of because most of the time she's always been pretty, you know, either you know when I when I thought I was younger, overprotective or whatever, or just kind of reading her and know if she, you know, has a meter or if it's just with me because I'm her child, you know, and and there's something weird that's off the mark. I don't, I, I really don't know. It's just hard to know. I guess um, it's unknowable. And so you shouldn't put yourself on the rack in an attempt to figure it out. If okay. You to, to... If you want to assuage your guilt, stay in touch in a way that you're physically safe. And let her okay. throw brick bats if she can via email uh, or, or over the phone if you're still in phone contact. But, you know, tell her you love her. Send her emails. Tell her what's up with your life. Say, I think this is the best way for us to keep in touch right now holding out the chance, holding out the possibility that maybe down the road you guys can reestablish more of a rapport and a, and a better relationship. But just like, you know, send her an email every couple of months. Says, here's what's up with me. Hope you're well. Ask her about her life. And that right. that should assuage the guilt that you might feel about cutting her out for now. Yeah, she's written a couple, like, emails that are, you know, trying to, you know, explain or something that... You know, it, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, she flips out and does these crazy things and, right. you know, so that there's just no kind of And does she way do these to... around other people? Were you, are you alone with her every time this happens? Uh, you know, I never really think... I, I, I've never really seen it, um, except, like, when she talks about other people, she's become increasingly, like, just hypervigilant, um... You know, and when she talks about her coworkers or, you know, even her husband, you know, and, and after a time I just, you know, I told her I can't talk about you know, your marital issues or your... Yeah, but no, when, I mean, can you see her at group events? Can you go, if she's at a family event, will you be able to hang out in the same room with her without her blowing up? That's what I'm asking. Uh, 
Emotionally, I'm afraid to just because of, like, the relationships. Like, okay, but has she ever done anything crazy or inappropriate when there's a big group of people around? In front of me, no. Okay, well, then it's relatively safe to hang out with her, like, at a wedding. Like, you don't have to do the sort of family drama thing where you say, if she's there, I'm not. So you have to choose, yeah. right? So you can, I guess it's just less visible to other people. Yeah. Right. And you just need to, like, have a thicker skin about it. Let whatever little insinuations of batshit that she tosses off roll off your back. Yeah, how do I do that? <laughs> That's what I want. How do you do that? You just say, you, you say, my mom's a bit crazy. She, You know, her brain is a big mass of chemicals and electric signals dashing around like everybody else's, and hers is a little out of balance. And I don't think that this is, you know, being batshit is a conscious choice she may be making to make you miserable. Sometimes when you have a batshit crazy relative or friend, you need to cut them the tiniest bit of slack and say, you know, I'm not going to take this as personally as I would have to if it was completely intentional. Because it's not entirely intentional or willful. It's still hurtful, but... You can't necessarily ascribe malice to it when someone's nuts. Sure. Um, do you if she, if think... She, if she slips, tries to slip a little knife into you in a room full of people, just shrug it off. Yeah. Be bigger, be um, saner than she is. Sure. Uh, I guess it would... You know, I, I don't know. Weird thoughts have come into question, like, you know, is it... Bipolar, borderline personality disorder, is it just something that, you know, is just human? I don't know. Yeah, it is just human. Okay. What can you do? Okay. You could talk to the animals, they'd probably complain about it, too. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Hey there, Dan Savage. My name is Mike. I'm a 22-year-old bi-dude, um, and I have a question for you. I, because I am slash was a neurotic closet case. Just came up to my parents uh, early this week. And it didn't go particularly well. I mean, on the scale of coming out, it came out pretty well. But silence was what I got. You know, yelling I could have gotten angry back at them with, questions I could have answered, but they were just silent. And I haven't heard back from them and I was wondering how long how much of a amount of time should I give them to process this parents react and all sorts it's the parents show apparently we didn't uh, plan it this way but all the questions are about crazy fucking parent issues when you come out to your parents there's no telling what sort of reaction they'll have some explode some salt some throw tantrums And it really falls to you when you come out to your parents to parent your parents, to react to them like they're small children. And when you present an unpleasant truth to a small child and they stare at you dumbly and don't want to address it, it really is your responsibility to bring it up again and readdress the topic. If your parents are giving you the silent treatment after you've come out to them, you have to go to them and say, we need to talk about this. We need to keep talking about this. You need to get comfortable with this. And I need you to still be my parents and I want you in my life and I want to be in your life, but I want you to know who I really am. And we have to be able to talk about it because someday I'm going to bring a boyfriend home potentially and you got to be cool with that. And give them books and direct them to PFLAG, Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays, where they can speak to other parents who may have had the same reaction they're having now when their children came out to them. They need support. They need resources. And you have to be the adult. 
at 22. And you can, at 22, be the adult and hold their hands while they grieve your heterosexuality, which is the person that they thought you were. And you're not that person and you didn't do anything wrong and they didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, you do have to give them – you have to cut them a little slack. I always say give them a year. Tell them – a year you can be douchebags about this. You can ask me any rude question. A year I won't bring anybody around so you don't have to sort of confront any awful mental images that may make you uncomfortable. Um, but after a year, it's up. Time's up. You have 12 months and the clock's already ticking. 12 months to accept this and accept me and put our relationship back together again or I'm going to step way out of our lives, way out of your life and you're not going to see me as much as you might like. Because really, again, as I said a million times, your presence in their lives is the only leverage that you have over them as an adult child and you shouldn't be afraid to use it. Hi, Dan. I was just calling because I am about to get married. I'm a single straight female, 30 years old, um, almost married and never hooked up with a girl. And my friend and I, both single straight girls, want to hook up with a real lesbian and maybe even have a three-way. We don't know how to approach a gay girl. Um, I've been to lesbian bars before. If you ever hits on me, I don't know what's what I'm missing. So if you could give me any advice or tell me what to say, I'd really appreciate it. Leave the lesbians alone. Just the way you say, I'm a single straight girl, just so there's no confusion about like who you are sexually. You're, you're calling up the gay sex guy with a question about eating lesbian pussy, but you don't want anyone to confuse the yeah, you're straight. You've got this girlfriend. Eat her pussy. Have her eat yours. I don't understand the value you're placing on a real lesbian. Uh and most real lesbians that I know resent interlopers popping into gay bars who are, you know, straight girls about to get married who want to hook up with a girl just once in their life. Resent them terribly because, you know what, a lesbian is not a sex toy for a straight girl who wants to, like, get her dyke on just once before she marries and is entombed in the suburbs and dies emotionally and sexually and socially. That's not their job. If they want to eat your pussy, if you if you drag your pussy into a lesbian bar and some lesbian wants to eat your pussy, you'll hear from one of them. Maybe one will volunteer and then you can lay out who you are and what you're really after. But you know what? Your ass ain't the brass ring. It really isn't. Like not a lot of les- a lot of lesbians out there they really want to sleep with other lesbians. And I know there's a lot of straight girls who think that, you know, just something about your straight girlness has got to be so fucking irresistible to the lesbians that it's just you can't understand how come when you drag your straight irresistible pussy into the lesbian bar, you weren't tackled by 35 furious lesbians who just couldn't wait to chew their way through your Levi's. Not the way it works. All right. Now, you and your friend, there might be, you know, there's somebody out there who's into most everything. If you and your friend took out a personal odds of two straight girls, hot, about to get married, looking for some bull dyke action. We want to like get it on with the dyke. We want to have a three way with a dyke who's kind of into the perviness of this notion of banging these two women right before their weddings. There's probably that dyke out there somewhere. You're going to have to volunteer yourselves on the internet. That dyke, if she's out there, is looking on the internet. The dykes in the dyke bars and lesbian social situations are looking for girlfriends or community or solidarity. They are not looking for engaged straight females. All right. And think of your parents. This is the parent show. Think of your parents. This would kill 
your parents, wouldn't it? If they found out right before, what if this lesbian that you had a three-way with became so attached to you that she showed up at your wedding like Dustin Hoffman in that stupid movie whose name, The Graduate, and dragged you away from your fiancé and his penis for the rest of your life? Just think of your parents. You don't want to break their hearts. Leave the lesbians alone. Hi. Uh, I've been seeing this girl, and uh, the sex is really, really good right now. Um, and she recently let it slip that she's into BDSM and I've never really tried anything like that, but I was thinking I would give it a shot. Cause she seems really into it. Um, and so like, I, I asked her like what kinds of things she's done in the past and she's, uh, like she said, she likes being tied up, having no control, spanking, clothespins, nipple clamps once, uh, stuff like that. Um, but like, uh, a, What's a good way to tie someone up and not leave, like, rope burns? And B, what can I read that's not, like, ridiculous <laughs> that can, like, kind of point me in the proper direction of, like, how to, you know, set up a scene or whatever? Good for your girlfriend about coming out to you about her kinks. And good for you for calling me up to try to find out how you can make her happy. I got two books I would recommend to you. SM101, A Realistic Introduction by Jay Wiseman. You can get that in sex-positive bookstores. You can get it in every sex-positive female-owned sex toy shop in America. Uh, you can also get it on Amazon.com and everywhere else. I'd also direct you to Cleese Press. They have a website, Cleese Press, C-L-E-I-S-P-R-E-S-S.com. They publish Sensuous Magic, A Guide for Adventurous Couples, uh, by Patrick Califia Rice, uh, which is a terrific book about uh, S&M and how to get into it and what to do and how to put a scene together. Uh, as for tying somebody up without giving them rope burns, since your girlfriend's been tied up before, I'd ask her first how it was done when she did it, who did it to her, and whether it worked or not, or whether it was uh, comfortable for her or not. There's, you know, people in S&M land will talk about the horrors of topping from below or the bottom sort of, uh, you know, bossing the top around. But until she's helpless, you can have her, her walk you through how to get her to that stage where then you can, you know, spank her and apply clothespins and nipple clamps and do whatever else pops into your head. Um, one of the things you'll learn uh, as you experiment with S&M is you can't really – it's very difficult to tie somebody up without their – help <laughs> without them sort of sitting still for it a little bit. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong, sort of no violation of the whole dom sub scene thing for her to help you out if she has more skills and more knowledge from her experience with having been tied up. Uh, and, and she can walk you through how to get her helpless. And then you can, have, like I said, have your way, blah, blah, blah. I'm repeating myself um, because I'm still thinking about the lesbians and that previous caller needs to leave the lesbians alone. I sort of have lesbians on the brain right now. I can hear the voices of a thousand, hundred, the entire lesbian world calling out to me like, like the like the who's and Horton hears the who saying, "Dan, tell her to leave the lesbians alone." And so, uh, I'm kind of distracted. Anyway, good luck. SM one one and Sensuous Magic. Those are the books I recommend. Hi, Dan. I am an 18-year-old girl. I just graduated from high school, and um, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm looking to work during college, you know, like get started on a career path, all that, and um, I, I don't really know how to start except for this thing. Let me tell you. Two nights ago, I met a guy who lives, you know, like 30 minutes away from where I'll be next year, and he's 
a big shot in the field that I want to get into. Um, he's got lots of connections and, like, can get me a job and stuff, which would be awesome. So, like, I gave him my number and my email, and next year he could possibly help me, you know, get started. But as we've been talking, uh, it looks like he's more interested in boning me and fucking me than giving me a job. Now, I could, you know, get, get a head start in my career from this guy, but it would probably involve fucking him. That's super whorish, isn't it? <laughs> um, but it, it would be a good opportunity. I don't know. What are your feelings on this? What are your feelings on fucking your way to the top? People fuck each other for all sorts of different reasons. It's not always about love. And you know, in this economy, I'm really not going to tell you that you shouldn't fuck this guy for his Rolodex. Um, it is a little whorish, but if you if you're kind of attracted to him, if it's both at once, if it's a floor wax and a dessert topping, if I may use a 40-year-old cultural reference, you know, if you can sleep at night, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Uh, people exchange sex for love and companionship, for security, for comfort, uh, for social advantage. We're animals. And sometimes you fuck somebody because they got something you want and you need uh, and you can get it if you give it. So dot, dot, dot. A word of warning, however, that sometimes when you fuck people to get ahead or because you're using them, if it's not explicit, that can cause all sorts of unexpected problems down the road. If he thinks that, you know, maybe you're kind of attracted to him because of his power and influence and stature and, you know, maybe you want to be the next Mrs. Donald Trump or whoever this douchebag is. And he figures out while you're fucking him that you're really just in it for the context, that you really aren't attracted to him at any level, physically or emotionally, uh, on any level, physically or emotionally. He may resent you and it may fucking him may have the opposite impact. It may harm your career in the long run. That said, there are a lot of instances, and I know a lot of people who point back to relationships in their lives where there was sort of an acknowledged mutual use, where the younger person was giving it up sexually, getting it professionally, getting a leg up or two, or both ankles up professionally, and it was it was explicit, it was acknowledged, it was on the table that this is what was really happening. We have a rapport, or we had a rapport, blah, 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 but... I'm in it for, you know, to latch onto your life experience, to learn from you, to, to meet people through you, and you're in it because, you know, my skin don't sag yet. And so long as the mutual use was mutually agreeable, mutually agreed to, mutually acknowledged, then it, those sorts of relationships seems to function in a, in a healthy way. It's when one person is deluded. Uh, and it's not always the young person who's deluded. Sometimes a young person is the one who's encouraging the older person's delusion. Those are the ones that end badly. Uh, for all involved uh, is the phrase, but usually those are the ones that end badly for the young person who is trying to trade the nice firm body for the social and 
professional contacts and in the end gets nothing. Gets a lot of sex they maybe didn't enjoy and then has somebody out there running around in the field in which you wish to work who doesn't think very highly of you because they feel like you burned them or you were trying to use them. So proceed with caution. Proceed with care. And like I said, if it's all out in the open, it's all on the table, what's really going on, mutual use, less likely to uh, explode in your face. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question for a future show, give us a buzz, leave a name and a callback number in case we want to call you back and call your names. 206-201-2720. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com. And me and the sweaty tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for listening.